Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. KWTX at 4 starts now. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm Megan Boyd here with Camille Hawksworth. And Camille, you were telling us that we really need to take advantage of these next few days. Yes, you know, we've been really lucky so far this summer and it hasn't been too crazy. It's been right. pretty mild, but unfortunately there are signs that the summertime heat, it is lurking nearby. So yes, take advantage of it right right now when we have highs in the 80s today, okay. tomorrow. Yeah. All right, it's gonna change. You're gonna tell us more about that later. First, let's get into our daily four. We've got an update today on the back and forth that's been happening over Fairfield Lake State Park. The park closed at 10 last night and it is not open this morning. This is all after the firm that owns the property rejected a $25 million bid from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. They say they're going to continue. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is going to try to save the park while they have the chance. But in the meantime, staff has to focus on decommissioning the property. That's before the state's lease ends on June 13th. So park staff started removing equipment and relocating staff members today. The closure of the park also means that the public doesn't have access to two public boat ramps that they had been using for a short time here, as well as a fishing pier on Fairfield Lake popular bass fishery but you know we thought that maybe they saved it it was open for a few weeks there and now closed again not sure what the future holds yeah i hope that they can come up with an agreement of some sort right. um they had that bid because that feels like a big loss with the two boat ramps and that people that want to use Fairfield Lake cannot use that access point. So I feel like that's a really big loss, especially as we go towards the summertime towards months. Towards the summer months, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we know that people were very concerned when we first thought it was closing. It opened back up and people were there immediately showing back up at the park. So I'm sure people are going to be anxious. Next step, Camille, is that on June 10th at 10.30 in the morning, they're having a meeting where they're going to try to come up with some kind of plan to still get this park to be you know, so June 10th, that's yes. still before the deadline Correct. of the June 13th. So there's that wiggle room there. Maybe we can figure something out. Exactly. exactly. We'll be following closely, hoping they can reach a deal. Let's go to number two in our daily four. We've been talking a lot about the writer's strike, Camille, but how about this? The Directors Guild, which is the union that represents the firm, uh, a film and TV directors, reached a tentative later agreement with Hollywood Studios, avoiding a strike amongst directors. So their new uh, 
their news here is coming on week six of the writer's strike, but the Directors Guild came to an agreement that includes higher wages, an increase in residual payments for global streaming. We know that's been a big issue. Big issue. And restrictions on the use of artificial intelligence. Now, we don't know if this deal will affect the writer's strike, but we know a lot of those things that they negotiated are the same things that writers are asking for. They haven't commented yet on if this deal is going to have any impact on the writer's strike. I know we were just talking about this not too long ago, talking about we need the writers to come back. Right. They need to come to an agreement. We need some new TV shows, some new episodes, some new content. And yeah. I really feel like Hollywood is feeling maybe the, the effects of right. not having writers for six weeks. I was going to say week six, you really start to feel it. And I think we'll really start to see the impact of it, you know, next season or future seasons of these shows that they were supposed to be working on that were going to come out in a few months I think we're gonna see that all play out and as the consumer I'm just like come to an agreement know, please you yes. my favorite shows I don't want them to go on a hiatus right. for too long because then we won't get that that new content right and we need the writers we need the directors for these shows to happen so we want them to get the deal the things that they're asking for I mean we talk about the AI stuff every day right? I know so I don't think restrictions I mean they're not saying no to AI totally they're sure. just saying restrictions let's, on the use of AI yes, let's be smart about how we use this and yeah. make sure that the jobs that people have are still available because think about the human aspect that people can add to that kind of industry as well. You, you don't want to lose that. No, you really don't. All right, let's go on to our <laughs> next topic. Hoping for a deal there too, right? Absolutely. Okay, let's listen to this one. Oh. Okay. That was the sound of a sonic boom that rattled the Metro DC area yesterday, including Northern Virginia and Southern Maryland. It was the result of some F-116s, uh, F-16s, F-16s, yes, that's the big old plane there, scrambling to intercept a small plane that had flown into a restricted airspace over the nation's capital. That plane immediately crashed into Virginia, killing four people, including a young child. What caused the crash remains unclear, but military officials say they did not shoot the plane down. Defense officials say the pilot did not respond to repeated attempts to contact the aircraft. So um, that's just a crazy story there that, that right. was heard literally across hundreds of miles there. Really an interesting situation here, right? They're trying to get a hold of this pilot flying into some you know, you call it restricted airspace over the nation's capital. Let's think about what that is, yeah. right? And and the threat that potentially could come with that. Um, people have died and it just still seems like there's a lot of questions as to what this plane was doing. Yeah, when if you saw it flying by or even, you know, like you said, restricted airspace and we've had just high tensions. Um, we had that balloon right. from trying to fly over the nation. So I yeah. think there's kind of like big eyes in the sky on, we need to keep our airspace nice and safe. Right, a few people have come out again. Still questions, no one knows for sure what's going on, but some people with CBS News have come out to say that a potential thing that could have happened is that maybe whoever this was realized they went into the wrong area they were supposed to go in, went into a sharp turn, and you know, what do they call it, the, when, <laughs> now I'm thinking oh, the G -forces. of uh, the G-force, yeah, thank you. Yeah knocked everybody on the plane out. That's right. why they weren't responding. That's why they ultimately crashed. Again, that's just a possibility. Sure. But, you know, things like that are, are pretty crazy. We'll be interested to hear what comes of this. Yeah, kind of find the results of everything. Exactly. Let's check in on our last topic. 
All right, daily number four here. This is a wild rescue. Uh, the U.S. Coast Guard, the crews performed an at-sea rescue of a man suffering from a medical emergency yesterday. The incident happened about 60 miles west of Astoria, Oregon. Crews were able to hoist the patient off a 900-foot container ship hmm. following reports that he had suffered a heart attack. And according to a tweet posted by the U.S. Coast Guard Pacific Northwest, uh, that's what they, that's all their findings right there. So after securing the man on board the Coast Guard helicopter, the crews were able to transfer him to an awaiting ambulance where he was taken to a local hospital. There is still no word on his condition yet, but they were quick thinking sure. and got him up on the vessel. And to see it all captured on camera, you know, that's just a, a crazy scenario. Imagine to have some kind of emergency like that out at sea. Who knows what resources you have, but they came in pretty quick. I think they got pretty lucky. Yeah. <laughs> can't even imagine, right? Literally Coming to imagine. and being in that little cage, right? Being lifted up to the helicopters, probably terrifying in itself. Yes, yes, definitely. And I'm glad he's okay. Right. Um, and getting the treatment that he needs or the attention that he needs. Sure. Really cool video there of just some of those heroic efforts. Well, still ahead, we are offering a solution to the critical need for blood donations. We've got a drive coming up here at KWTX. We will tell you about it next. We all know that donating blood can save lives. And right now, Carter Blood Care's website shows that there is a critical need for some types of blood. That means there's less than one day supply available. Still an urgent need for other types as well. That means there's a two day supply available. And there's also a few in the safe, uh, stable supply, but that only means that there's a four day supply available. So clearly a need for blood donations. And joining me now is Jessica Amaro with Carter Blood Care. Jessica, can you just talk to us about the organization and its mission first? Yes, well, our, our mission statement is to provide blood where it's needed. Uh, Carter Blood Care is the largest blood bank here in the Central Texas area. And on an annual basis, we provide about 440,000 units, Central Texas, North Texas, and East Texas as well. Wow. So, and we're the primary suppliers for uh, Baylor Scott and White Hillcrest, Ascension Providence, and then the Veterans Hospital in Temple as well. Wow, so three major hospitals yes. in the area. Talk to us about why it is so important for blood donation. Well, I mean, you just never know when the need arises, and it's the blood that's on the shelves that helps save lives. So, you know, a lot of folks always think, well, when there's a need, I'll go give. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's large scales catastrophes all the time. You have hurricanes, you can have mass shootings, unfortunately, and it's the blood that's already been donated tested and ready to go that helps save lives in that instant. Sure. We saw a little bit of the breakdown there of different types and their need, but is there a specific blood type that's that's critical right now that you guys need? Or? Well, all blood types are needed at all times. Uh, I have a lot of folks that say, well, I'm O positive. There's a lot of O positives that I don't need to donate, but it's for that very same reason that there's such a large scale of O positive donors that we need more O positive. Uh, but again, all blood types are always needed. And then of course, O negative, which is our universal donor. Mm -hmm. um, we're always in a need for that because in case of those mass catastrophes where we don't have time to type the patients, we're able to uh, transfuse O-negative blood types. 
Sure. You guys have an event coming up next week? Yes, yes. We're actually very excited. We've got a World Blood Donor Day, and we're partnering up with KWTX. Um, so we have a blood drive here on sure. the premises. It's going to be on Wednesday, June the 14th um, from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Our bus is going to be out in the parking lot, and we're inviting the entire community to come out and donate. And as a great giveaway, we've got this nifty little lunch bag for all How presenting cool. donors that come on that day. Okay, great. And we have a QR code on the screen for people to sign up for yes. appointments. Can you take walk-ins as well? Do you need people to register ahead of time? No, we are uh, walk-ins are welcome. We do prefer appointments because it gives us a little bit better idea of how many folks are coming in. Um, and then if we have time for walk-ins, um, you know, sometimes we have maybe 10 people that all want to come donate at the same time and then it can get a little backed up and then you have folks that are complaining that the long wait times. Uh, but if you can schedule an appointment, great. Uh, we'd really appreciate it, but walk-ins are welcome. Got it. What would you say to someone that, you know, sees World Blood Day, Blood Donation Day, but they have some fears, they have some things that they're nervous about giving blood? What would you tell them? It's natural. We still have a lot of folks out there that have not donated. Uh, we just ask, you know, take a deep breath, think about the good that you're doing. You will walk away feeling better because you've done good. You may not know who that blood goes to, but know that it is going to save a life. How does it feel? I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be similar to that answer that you just gave, but how's it feel for you to be in this line of work? So I have a personal story behind it. Uh, back in 2011, a close family member was in a severe accident and it required them to receive actually platelets, plasma, and red blood cells. And um, I didn't get into the blood banking industry until 10 years later, and that's when I realized the efforts that it took to keep them alive. They received third degree burns in probably about 70% of their body. And one of the biggest regrets that I have is that I didn't start donating at a much younger age. So for me, it's a personal mission. Um, you know, my job is to go out there and secure that we have enough blood drives, whether it's at schools, religious, civic organizations. But my secondary mission is to make sure that I educate the public on the need for blood, what we do with it, and why it's important for folks to donate. What else do you guys have going on for World Blood Donation Day? So we have other blood drives. Um, so the, you can go to carterbloodcare.org. Uh, if for whatever reason, you know, this location is inconvenient for you, go to carterbloodcare.org, type in your zip code, and it'll give you blood drives uh, up to, I think, 50 miles of your vicinity. Okay, sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. A great mission and obviously an impactful story that drives you to do this, but so many people will impact from uh, blood donations. Well, we appreciate the partnership yeah. and we're looking forward to a great event. That's okay. one more time for you next Wednesday, June 14th, World Blood Donor Day. That's here at KWTX. We are located at 6700 American Plaza in Waco. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Appreciate the time. We'll be right back.